majority of the people that have traveled around the world uh, still feel uh, Toronto's uh, a safe city for a large city our, our size. I spent a lot of time in the U.S. and I'll tell you, there are certain cities I, I wouldn't want to go out uh, at midnight in certain parts of the city, but I, I feel I still feel safe in this uh, city for the most part. All right, Doug Ford will pick up on that in a little bit of time. There have been, you know, the increased calls for uh, banning guns outright and uh, no, not even legal gun ownership in the city of Toronto at the extreme. And uh, this is where the Toronto Star's editorial board says Canada should ban the private ownership of handguns. We'll see how you respond to that. But first and foremost, if we accept at face value that the family's heartfelt missive to the media yesterday is in fact a... the true reality of the situation with their now deceased son. He suffered mental illness. It plagued him all his life. You know, at what point do you say, geez, you know, if uh, professionals can't help him, therapy hasn't done anything, uh, can you commit someone? Is that the extreme? Is that kind of the uh, inevitable consequence of reaching your the end of your rope and saying, this is what we'll do then? We've got to institutionalize the individual. And how difficult is that to do? What does that involve? Andrew, I'm going to start with you. Good afternoon. Uh, hi, John. I would I want to say it's a great day for, well, it's always a great day for talk radio, but um, uh, I was just at the memorial at Malvern, so I'm a little subdued. Mm-hmm. Um, my thoughts are, um, I think that there is a, a line that you, you have to cross if, in fact, uh, you have to commit somebody, for instance. But I don't think culturally, I don't think that, uh, and this is my opinion, I don't think that culturally this family would have even thought about doing that. Um, because there are so many free programs out there for help. And if you've exhausted all of them, shouldn't there be a little bit more of a red flag for everybody? Uh, this just this, this doesn't, it doesn't smell right. The whole thing doesn't smell right. All right. When you say for everybody, a red flag, including the professionals who were treating him allegedly. Yeah. If indeed he was treated by so many uh, qualified professionals and it was unsuccessful, unsuccessful means it's unresolved. Right. So unresolved means that there's st- you, you have to keep going. And at some point, in fact, uh, professionals have to take precedence over what the family has, uh, he's an adult, right? He's 29. And living with the folks. Yeah, and who, who has control over him? Well, boy, I guess uh, you could say in a sense uh, they don't have the ultimate control, but they, they do if he's living in their home and should be you know, close enough to understand what he's, what he's enduring. They say they didn't know he had a handgun. Okay, they didn't know that, but what else don't they know? If well, this is why I'm asking the, the touchy question as well. Do they bear any responsibility for having allowed this to fall through the cracks? It's easy to blame. Um, and I, I don't want to immediately blame the family for this because that would be an easy thing to do. Um, but I, I think that they're, uh, they could very well easily just, uh, you know, don't, what is it, uh, hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil? Well, that's irresponsible then. In that sense, uh, there is a certain responsibility where until you exhaust every last avenue, and this is why I'm asking, is that last avenue institutionalization, how difficult is that to arrive at? Now, I'm not trying to be glib about it. I'm just trying to understand how it works. And if you've got personal experience, then share it, please. Amanda in Peterborough, good afternoon. Hi, I do have personal experience with this. And what I need to tell people is there's actually no way 
to commit your relative if your relative does not want to go. So what you do is you fill out this form two, and you go to a JP, a JP signs off on it, the police pick up your relative. If that person does not want to stay committed, they can sign themselves out that day. And this has personally happened to me on multiple occasions with my sister. And absolutely, this is the most impossible situation for uh, a family who is trying to get help for their relative. There is no way to help them the way our system is set up right now. So what you're saying is your motives were well-intentioned, but the system was sort of defeating you. Yeah, the system, what it does is they, the person has to be proven at the time to be a danger to themselves or others. And that is the bar. So if the person says, no, I'm not hearing voices, no, I don't want to kill anybody, yes, I would like to leave, they sign the form and they walk out of the hospital. Have professionals diagnosed your sister? I don't know because, because again, because of the way the mental health system is set up, an adult has no uh, obligation to give other adults information about their care. So we have, as a family, we have no way of knowing what her diagnosis actually is. She's been committed involuntarily multiple times due to altercations with police. But we do not know what her actual diagnosis is. And the minute she says, I'm okay, I'm not feeling that way anymore, and she signs herself out, she signs herself out and she leaves. And that is the system as it stands right now. We expect people who are going through psychotic episodes and usually are paranoid and scared of doctors to say, yes, I would like help. We expect that of mentally ill people. We expect mentally ill people to make decisions on their own care. It's impossible. You find that a flaw in the system then? Absolutely, it's a flaw in the system. It's gone so far that way that people can't protect their relatives. Your relatives can be, like, left homeless on the street. You can't do anything for your relatives because of the way this system is built. That's unfortunate. Uh, And I appreciate your telling us this. Uh, Obviously, it's uh, heart-rending stuff in your own family and uh, a personal perspective. Very much appreciated. Thanks for sharing, Amanda. Let me take more calls in this. So if this is the way the system is structured, did this family uh, perhaps do all they could? We don't know. I mean, by their own admission, they say they did. And uh, the young man was struggling with psychosis and depression his entire life. While we did our best to seek help for him throughout his life of struggle and pain, we could never imagine that this would be his devastating and destructive end. Well, uh, if there's uh, a loophole or a crack in the system that needs to be addressed, uh, you tell me if you think that ought to be, as Amanda said, something available to the family. Uh, If somebody becomes unruly, who makes that judgment? And are we giving to... It's a hard thing because uh, if you believe in individual liberty, when somebody obviously has a psychosis and a severe mental illness, do they disqualify themselves from that protection? Back with more of your thoughts, Richard Natobico, go ahead, Oakley Show. Hey, John, good afternoon. My heart goes out to anybody whose lives may have been affected through this tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to say that it's funny that the Toronto Star will probably agree that Brinks guards should all have guns to guard a bag of nickels. 
but law-abiding gun owners should be penalized when something like this happens. It's my understanding, and it's through pretty good uh, information, that the, you need a Form 1 with uh, someone who can be uh, taken in to the hospital through police or a justice uh, or a JP, uh, Justice of the Peace, not Jordan Peterson. Although I think he would be a good judge of, of, of character on this. Oh, yeah. I think that we're looking at uh, resources here in Toronto that have diminished with the closure of a lot of facilities. And we haven't anticipated the wave of mental health issues that came with our immigrants. So as much as we've thought uh, to the future for ourselves, perhaps nobody considered way back when that the immigrant crowd, uh, whether they are refugees or wherever from war zones, they're going to be bringing their own versions of PTSD, their own versions of mental health and things that we, we may not see, they may not even see within their own families. So, you know, there, there's, there's need for, for them to have the resources. So if anybody needs to know, call the police. They'll come and tell you. All right. Uh, thank you for it. By the way, according to a source who has met the family, Hussein was the son of Canadian parents of Pakistani origin. And they've had major challenges in their life. Uh, the sister died in a car accident. The brother's hospitalized following a stroke. He's been in, I think, a medically induced coma for the better part of a year. Uh, Hussein had worked in retail, and he wasn't getting the hours he wanted. And uh, he would go to the hospital to visit his brother on occasion. But uh, this is the background that's being painted of someone who's up against it plus the mental illness and so on and so forth. Just to further the caller's point, though, uh, maybe there's a, a confluence of factors. And, boy, I, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole uh, trying to understand that there could be an infinitesimal number of things that would weigh on somebody and trigger them. But uh, Michael writes, lots of people have mental issues, but severe episodes are triggered by social and the physical environment. It's situational. With the extreme growth Toronto seen recently and the polarization of wealth, the cost of living, etc., etc., those who are on the edge are more likely to crack. Shoving sensitive people into institutions won't help at all. It would likely exacerbate the situation or have them heavily medicated, in which case no good is done for anybody except the psychiatrists and pharmaceutical companies. I have a personal history of poor mental health, he writes, and honestly, this summer I've been triggered more than I have in the last five years. I'll be candid and tell you, I've actually done some self-cutting in the last couple of weeks. And as I've said, I haven't for years. The city's become too crazy with its activists and all the commotion, the construction, parades, vertical sprawl, traffic, and so on. It's just too much sensory overload for sensitive people, let alone for ordinary people, or so I figure. Gun control and medicating the head won't solve this problem. I wish I had an answer. But that's from Michael. Heartfelt. We'll continue on in that vein, and then Sue Ann's going to join us as well. She says a lot of this is uh, really to be parked in the lap of the city uh, administrators, and uh, this is the gun crime primarily, but uh, the other stuff, we'll just expand the context and talk to her shortly as well. More of your calls in a moment on The Oakley Show. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.